Good morning, everybody. You're tuning in to the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Monday, July 10th, and I'm your host, Vanessa Tiberio, reporting for CGRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are our top stories from this morning. First up, a suspect in the recent Eglinton subway stabbing has been arrested. Then, Justin Trudeau is heading to the upcoming NATO Leaders Summit to discuss critical subjects. Finally, the U.S. sends cluster bombs to help the war in Ukraine, a decision Canada opposes. And lastly, we will hear from Cindy, bringing you all the latest from Canadian entertainment. So let's get into this morning's news. Toronto police have arrested a suspect in connection with a stabbing on the moving subway train on Thursday. Police responded to the call for a stabbing just before 12.30pm. Police say the the victim and suspect were travelling southbound on Line 1 towards Eglinton Station when a verbal argument broke out. The suspect then stabbed the victim multiple times before fleeing Eglinton Station. The incident initially left a man with life-threatening injuries. The victim is now said to be in stable condition. Video of the incident circulated online shortly after. One video shows the alleged suspect chasing the victim down the length of the subway train while the victim cried out for help. The 25-year-old suspect was located and arrested by police on Friday. According to CTV News, he has been charged with attempted murder, aggravated assault, assault with a weapon, and two counts of failing to comply with a release order. CTV News reports many passengers are raising concerns about feeling unsafe on Toronto's transit system and are on high alert. For our next story, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is heading to the two-day NATO Leaders Summit in Lithuania this week. Canada is expected to engage in critical discussions surrounding the alliance's expanding membership and efforts to refocus on collective defence. The first day of the NATO summit is scheduled for Tuesday. Before heading to the summit, Trudeau is expected to head to Latvia to meet with the country's leaders on Monday morning. The two-day summit will be the most high-profile international event hosted by Lithuania since it joined the alliance in 2004. At last year's summit, NATO leaders identified Russia as the greatest threat to the peace of NATO allies. According to CTV News, the alliance has drafted a new defense plan for Russia's invasion of Ukraine described as a return to its Cold War stance. Key discussions are said to take place at this year's summit. One debate includes whether to allow Sweden and Ukraine to join the alliance. CTV News reports Canada has a key role in displaying what kind of ally they want to be moving forward. New NATO defense plans are also expected to come with a higher cost. Only about a third of NATO allies are meeting the current target of spending at least 2% of their GDP on defense. Canada currently fails to meet this target, spending nearly 1.5% of its GDP on defense. For our final story this morning, unease about the U.S.'s decision to send cluster bombs to Ukraine is mounting. On Friday, the U.S. confirmed they would send controversial cluster bombs to aid Ukraine's defense against Russia. President Joe Biden called it a very difficult decision. In response, Canada, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Spain all said they opposed using the weapons. 
Over 100 countries have banned cluster bombs because of the danger they pose to civilians. When detonated, the weapons typically release many smaller bombs known as bomblets that can cause destruction spanning a wide area. According to BBC News, the bombs have also caused controversy because of their failure rate. Unexploded bomblets can linger on the ground and detonate randomly. President Joe Biden said the decision to send the weapons is part of an $800 million military aid package. Biden said he had acted to send them because Ukrainians are running out of ammunition. Human rights groups are calling out the decision, saying the cluster munitions pose a grave threat to civilian lives, even after the conflict has ended. The UN Human Rights Office is among these groups, saying the munitions should stop being used immediately. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters the cluster bombs sent by the U.S. failed far less frequently than ones already being used by Russia in the conflict. Canada opposed the decision with concerns about the potential impact of the bombs on children. Canada said they are acting in compliance with the Convention on Cluster Munitions, taking their obligation seriously and encouraging its universal adoption. The U.S., Ukraine, and Russia have not signed up for the convention. Ukraine and Russia have both used cluster bombs during the war. Well, that was all for me today. And now I'll leave you with Cindy, who has the latest on all things Canadian entertainment. Take it away, Cindy. Good morning, CJRU listeners. Welcome to my segment where I'll talk about anything Canadian entertainment. Movie, TV, books, or music, I'll cover it all. Today, let's dive into what could be considered the most well-known piece of Canadian literature, The Handmaid's Tale. To many, the themes of political oppression, gender role, and religion discussed in the story have remained relevant ever since the novel was published. The Handmaid's Tale is a novel set in a dystopian society called Gilead that overthrew the American government. What used to be the United States of America had their president and congress assassinated, banned newspapers, and from there, women's rights were stripped from them. Women are suddenly not allowed to have a job or any money of their own. They are constantly under surveillance by the secret police force and cannot leave the house unless for extremely specific occasions. They become separated into three categories, a commander's wife, a housekeeper, or a handmaid. Handmaids are Gilead's solution to their low fertility rate. They are women who are assigned to bear children for high-class couples. Every month during the peak of their cycle, they are forced to perform a ritual and procreate with their commander. They are also stripped by their birth names and are only referred to as the subject of their commander. Thus, we never find out the true name of our protagonist, Offred. The novel follows Offred's life as a handmaid, and we learn more about her life before and after Gilead society, and follow on our journey to try and potentially escape or rebel against the government. Now, The Handmaid's Tale was written by Margaret Atwood and published in 1985. Atwood was actually born in Ottawa and graduated from the University of Toronto with a Bachelor's of Arts in English. During a trip to the UFT archives in 2019, Abt said she was inspired by, quote, dark chapters of world history when creating the disturbing society of Gilead. She collected newspaper clippings about events happening around her as a part of her world building. Atwood said she, quote, didn't even research it. There was no internet then. You couldn't just go online and put in a topic. So this is just stuff I came across when reading newspapers and magazines. I already knew what I was writing about and this was backup. In case someone said, how did you make this up? As I've said about a million times, I didn't make it up. This is the proof. Everything in these boxes. 
The largest inspiration of hers was a law passed in communist Romania that said women had to have four babies and were forced to take pregnancy tests every month. She also heavily looked into the religious affiliation with right-wing America and women's rights during the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. Now, if you haven't read the books, you may recognize a story from the popular Hulu show that currently has five seasons. The show films in Ontario and in cities like Toronto, Hamilton, and Cambridge. Some filming locations you may recognize are City Hall, Ripley's Aquarium, and UFT. Maybe you'll see its sixth and final season filming later this year. Thanks a lot for listening. For CJRU 1280 AM, I'm Cindy Sogu. Thank you so much, Cindy. It's a sunny day in Toronto today, with a daily high of 29 and a low of 17. And that was all from this morning's newscast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'll be back again next Monday with some more news at Morning Mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow for more. For CGRU 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm Vanessa Tiberio. Thank you for listening.